I just want to be very clear. You know, we're recording this in the morning and we had an opportunity to go, you know, to the bathroom, get some food before whatever. But I was like, "Mm, how committed am I to this podcast? How much do I care about this in the bracket? So I decided not to eat. And I'm really hungry uh, for our hungry bracket finale. Jake, why didn't you eat? We took a break so you could eat. I I'm really hungry, but I felt like it would channel because whatever we we talk about, whatever makes me hungrier, I'm going to vote for the finale. I'm really hungry. We are in a bracket where we are explicitly talking about food. (laughs) Why would you do this to yourself? Because look, I do a lot of things for, for, you know, our brackets. I promised I would get, you know, really drunk for another round making it finale and I guess I promised I wouldn't eat for this one just now. You didn't promise that. <laughs> you decided that. <laughs> they are different. It was, a, it was an internal yeah, promise. Matthew it was a promise to it. himself. Uh, guys, Matthew made him Matthew's not idea. eat. Matthew told Jake, hey, you're not allowed to hey, eat. You like content? You like content, you little bitch boy? You like content? <laughs> Every week I text Jake, you're on floor 212 you're on floor three and that determines how much food he gets that week (laughs) that's pretty fun that's a fun game to play with your friends thank you thank you um so hello and welcome back we're the tough cut podcast um i'm matthew i'm alex i'm jake and this he is hungry and this is episode 45 um part four of our hungry bracket cooking bracket food bracket Whatever you want to call it. Going to be a good one. We do have to decide that today. Um, And I decided with hunger. I went with that way. Hungry bracket is what it is. Jake did go for hunger. I guess it's the hungry bracket. Um, (laughs) So with that, this episode, obviously, we've got Ratatouille versus Jiro Dreams of Sushi today. But before that, as Alex just said, we're talking Honorable mentions, baby. Anyone want to want to hop into it? List off an honorable mention. Yeah. Well, here's the only other food movie that I could think of. Um, Right. (laughs) And it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I don't really like that movie, but it's the only one I could think of. So which one? Which one? uh, Which one? Oh, yeah, I guess I don't really like either of them. Um, (laughs) But I guess the original because. Johnny Depp is scary in the other one. Hmm. He is scary right. in the other one. Regardless, Grandpa Joe sucks. Yeah, fuck Grandpa Joe. <laughs> so I noticed for this bracket in particular, I really wanted to go like outside of the norm with it. I mean, hence like me picking the platform. But there were a couple other when I was going through my honorable mentions where I was like, oh, I could have really done something else. We were talking about it. I was going to do Raw, which uh, after pleads from Alex, I decided not to. Because it is a very hard (laughs) watch. Um, That is like a warning one. I would not fully recommend that. It is an honorable mention because I think it's a very great movie. Very uncomfortable movie. So, yeah. That's one of mine. I kind of don't want to give it away. Spoiler warning. We're going to be spoiling these movies and (laughs) probably others and all this stuff. Um, Forgot to mention it uh, for this. But, yeah, since we're doing... It's basically cannibalism. Yeah. Um, But in a really, like... I don't know how to describe it. It's like existential cannibalism. Like there is this force of will inside your body that has been dormant for your entire life that finally opens itself up when you eat meat for the first time. And there is only one inexorable end. You must consume another person. 
Um, yeah, it's a, I, so cannibalism, weirdly enough, is like one topic in film that makes me like, like really gets to me in an uncomfortable way. Oh, this is a, oh, that's so interesting for you. (laughs) Neon demons is a super tough movie for that reason. It's one that sat with me for years and years that that's another one that was on my short list. (laughs) But Raw is a great film, but is a tough watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll throw out my like similar ish one just because I know like it's probably just Matthew and I in between because Alex said he didn't have a lot. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but another uh, one on a similar vein, I was going to do um, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd as oh. well. Mm, that's a good choice. And that's, that's I mean, that's one. that's eating people as well, but it's also about like meat pies and food. Yeah, like, I, that I one doesn't make me uncomfortable. That's okay, cannibalism, because there's a song. <laughs> <laughs> if they would have burst out in song and raw, I would have pitched it. Yeah, if there was a little bit of sweet humming as they butchered and ate a man, maybe. So most of my honorable mentions are ones that audience members pitched. So, you know is what it is but uh the cook the thief his life and her lover is a great movie and it has to do with food uh but it did not quite fit the bracket um as closely as some of my other picks would have like it it's sort of in like the big night territory yeah i do actually have one more i thought of uh the b movie i think technically is a food movie with honey and be hungry for human sex okay you 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 didn't have like the first half. I was like, eh, whatever. But the second half really pulled that together for me. Hmm. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> I could get it uh, into a good a good place yeah. for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we talked about including this one as well, uh, and we didn't. But Tom Popo is a really good movie. It's a ramen ramen focused movie. Uh, very very fun. Very very good. I People would love, love to eat movie. some ramen today. God, ramen sounds real good real real good hey guys so we're quickly realizing alex doesn't know any food movies um so i think we're going to turn ourselves over to your guys's honorable mentions and he's really gonna know them if the audience does it rather than (laughs) yeah but at least we can engage about them jake hopefully hey audience member i almost put this movie in the bracket um, the princess and the frog it's got all that oh that's a good movie i know that movie Ooh, baby. <laughs> I know that movie. Um, Is that just going to be your vibe for the honorable mention? I know that one. <laughs> probably, probably. That's a great movie, um, and it does talk about food a lot. A great, that's a great movie. Yeah. I just was, I you know, I wanted to pick Ratatouille, and I felt that, like, I could have mm. picked another animated one. I very well could have picked Princess and the Frog, but I was also very excited to pitch Chef to have Matthew finally watch Chef, and uh, the platform was too juicy not to do. So, you know, that that's my rationale. What's your guys' fucking excuse? <laughs> yeah, I should have picked it. I don't know why I didn't. Oh, it said you picked two movies you've never seen before. Rock on, mm-hmm. dude. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> oh, my God. It worked out very well as neither of them moved past the first round. <laughs> um, so another one I want to call out that the audience did, um, because we also talked about this, uh, Kiki's delivery service and like just studio Ghibli like movies in general, studio uh, Ghibli I food, had spirited away man. on my short list just for that one crucial, awesome scene of like them fucking pigging out of that food and just like going ham. Uh, it looked delicious slash it was terrifying. Yeah. I also want to say there's another one later on that says the bitch in the red bow. 
And I have to assume it means Kiki's delivery service again. <laughs> <laughs> I have to assume that that, that, is, uh, that is exactly what they're talking about. That's very funny. Yeah. Any others that are catching your eyes? Um, hmm. Super size me. Um, I like documentaries yeah, about food. Food, food ink. <laughs> That's another Isn't one. Super size me. Super fake. Wasn't that a thing? So wasn't that like a conspiracy? It, well, there wasn't like a What's conspiracy. There was a lot of criticism about his methodology and his approach to it. Like, I believe there's a lot of accusations that while he may have eaten a diet like that, he wasn't necessarily totally honest as far as lifestyle choices went. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot of criticism for it. I think that it's in concept a really interesting idea that is executed not as well as it could be. Mm. Okay. Which a lot of food documentaries, same vibe. Yeah. Genuinely. I feel like a lot of them, that's why I like Jiro so much just because like it feels like such a more well done documentary. It feels so authentic. Yeah. Although who knows? Who knows what happens? Is Grand Budapest Hotel a food movie? Is that a hungry movie? It's on our it's on our audience honorable mentions. There is there a big thing of food in that movie? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, they have the cakes that uh, Saoirse Ronan is all about. Food's like all around that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You're right. You're right. That's a great movie. It's the same. Like I had Fantastic Mr. Fox on my list because it's like uh, it's all about like the hunger, like the animals and all that. But we already talked about Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I w- I wasn't emotionally ready for it to be back in a bracket after its heartbreaking last minute loss you know <laughs> hey look lost to paddington 2 which you know spoilers right. um but man that marmalade <laughs> yeah no man, paddington 2 could have been in here paddington or paddington 2 um, right both right, 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 right wow what else is on here that's really really fun oh <laughs> so two separate people felt the need to like send us paragraphs explaining their pitches and i think that's really awesome uh shout out to you guys for feeling super involved and also wanting to really explain because we do that a lot on ours we feel like we need to explain a lot of our rationale a lot of the time someone pitched the lion the witch in the wardrobe and their explanation was (laughs) the youngest like orphan abandons his fucking whole family because this random lady makes Turkish delight appear from nowhere. <laughs> and it's like, it's a real candy. Like that, they, they went on to be like, I personally don't even know what Turkish delight is or if it's even real, but I imagine it's fucking good for him to leave his family and to get more of it. That's his one wish to cause a whole war that lasts like a million movies and series. And to like, it looks so cold outside and like, you know, because it looks cold outside, it makes you want to curl in and eat drink hot chocolate and eat whatever the fuck Turkish delight is. Would um, you guys abandon your families for some of the very best magical Turkish delight you've ever had? I'd abandon my family for less than that, but that's because I have family issues. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, kind of. Um, what were you saying, Alex? Uh, I've never had Turkish delight, so... Can't can't commit to that. Maybe cheesecake. I like cheesecake. <laughs> so you'd leave your family for. Hey, Alex, remember when we talked about how you recently got married? <laughs> <laughs> um, jokes, jokes. Yeah, it's still new. It's still new. It hasn't cemented in yet. <laughs> so that good cheesecake. So there is a certain timeline of within a marriage where like it's you would leave them for Turkish delight. You wouldn't leave them for Turkish delight. And you're still in the you would. Right realm okay right it's like there's the there's the honeymoon phase there's the like 
old and married phase. There's the Turkish delight phase, which is a short <laughs> window you have immediately after getting married where you can run away if someone offers you really good Turkish delight. Does the Turkish right? delight phase, does it have to specifically be a witch from another world that's fighting with a Jesus allegory? Uh, no, um, actually, it just has to yes. be Tilda Swinton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just has to be Tilda Swinton. I think that actually is the truth. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically the same thing in real life, if we're being real honest with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is a documentary about Tilda Swinton? Yeah. <laughs> and the Jesus allegory that she fights. And Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, another movie on my short list that was an audience honorable mention um, was Pig. Um, it does yeah. have to do with food. <laughs> Did you ever end up watching it? <laughs> um, I've not seen it yet, no. But I, I would okay. really like uh, to. I did. I did watch it. Um, no spoilers. And? It was okay. It was really cool that it was filmed in Portland, and I had a lot oh. of fun with that. And, you know, genuinely, Nicolas Cage is pretty good in it. The, the script, like, it's just like, you're not really doing anything here. Oh. Well, like, I mean, I loved myself a, a good Nicolas Cage movie, so I'm sure I'd still I think enjoy you'd it. enjoy it. I think yeah. you'd enjoy it. And it does offer some things that are like complex and nice, but um, I think it's a little bit too not leaning into one way or the other. Hmm. Um, it just can be like, this is a movie Jake, where people hang you, out. You saying Portland uh, awoke something in my brain. Yeah. Uh, I think another honorable mention that I have for this bracket is Twilight. Because Edward Cullen hungers for Bella's blood. Mm. Those vampire hungers. Mm-hmm. Right. And thank you for being brave. They try to make brave. some pasta. You guys, have <laughs> you guys ever experienced vampire hungers? Well, you could also put vampires because of like the whole garlic thing, right? Because of what? The whole garlic thing. That's, you know, garlic's a <laughs> food. food. Okay, nice. Do we even know what garlic <laughs> does to vampires in the Twilight universe? <laughs> We don't. Maybe it makes them um, really smooth. It makes their cubs sparkle instead of their... (laughs) (laughs) It makes their poop sparkle Um, as they eject it. uh, Uh, Do do vampires poop? Do vampires poop? I don't know, dude. I don't think their bowels are moved, like, working. Like, you know, their heart isn't beating. That's probably one of the best perks of being a vampire. You know how much time we spend in our lives pooping? Though, it does question, does that poop that's just stuck up inside you start to stink after a while? Well, no, because you poop when you die. So, does that mean when Carlisle, say, turning one of them, they then furiously shit themselves? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Keyword furiously. Hmm. They're very angry about it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i gotta think more on that maybe we'll have a twilight bracket one day and we can really get into it right um another ex- explanation one someone pitched harry potter and the sorcerer's stone or philosopher's stone um <laughs> written by harry potter himself yeah so this this went into like a real real like essay uh, where it was like this food uh like the movie uses food to show his exclusion and abuse by the dursleys they make him cook and we barely see him eat real food when they pick out and later his found family in wizardland like th- this starts with hagrid baking a cake and then he and ron share candies on the express and finally in the great hall the feast throughout the movie food becomes like a symbol of being welcome and so they mm. they really went in wow that's interesting i see um, that a lot that's I great think the feasts are a nice part of harry potter i always wanted to be a part of those feasts so see well we <laughs> we're not here to talk harry potter it's a really interesting observation um and something i don't think i picked up on um yeah me either oh and there's the candy on the train 
wow. like an extent, like the extension of the offer, like a welcome, you know, yeah, walking yeah. them into this world um, via food. It's really, it's a really astute observation. I'm kind of upset because Matthew didn't pitch over the hedge. But anyway, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of um, traditional traditions in our honorable mentions. Oh, it can't be real. I received an email. I received an email from one Optimus Prime Rib, uh, <laughs> Age of Extinction, not that bad at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> That the only words uh, in the email are uh, in uh, a different language, transformatorak akihalas kora, which translates to Transformers Age of Extinction. What language was that that I just read? Hungarian. This is the name of the movie in Hungary. (laughs) Whoever has done this... Whoever has done this will pay. I am furious right now. I want to die. I cannot believe you've done this. Oh my. That I'm is so upset. So funny. That's hilarious. That g- genuinely amazing. Um, I am so under attack right now. I cannot wait to find out how this person <laughs> continues to loop things in. <laughs> That's that smart. So I didn't great. know about that. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. And it just makes it even better that Jake officially decided today that this is the hungry bracket. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so uh, sorry. I mean, it's weird. There's like a new one that just popped in, like our, our honorable mentions. That's so weird. Uh, you guys should check it out. It's really weird. I'm so it's really weird that excited. that made it in there. Mouse hunt. <laughs> 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 I uh, put in last minute Egger Tanya. I don't know how to pronounce it in Hungarian, but I put that in. <laughs> in Hungary. Uh, Look, Malsen could have made it in. It's about cheese. It's well, not really it about, is cheese. about cheese. It becomes it's about, about cheese. It's about cheese. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll rapid just fire some other ones and then we can get into our finale, guys. Yeah, what do you go say? What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. What do you yes. say? Yeah. Um, yeah. Julia and Julia. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, someone put Brokeback Mountain, which I thought was hilarious. Do they good. eat it out or do they just <laughs> eat ass? I think they just eat ass. Um, it counts, though. Makes me hungry. Um, the SpongeBob movie, you know. Uh, yeah, that's pre- we tackled pretty much all the rest of them. So nice. those are the, the main ones. I thought of also like The Martian. That's potatoes. And hunger, you know. Oh yeah, food. Yeah, shit like that, guys. What's that one where the where uh, that one actor is stuck in a canyon and has to chew his arm off? One hundred twenty-seven hours. James Franco. One hundred twenty-seven hours. Yeah. Does he eat his arm mm-hmm. or just chew it he off? Just, he uses a he has a he, rusty knife. He uses or something. a knife. Oh yeah, I don't think there's any eating of his <laughs> arm that happens. <laughs> huh? I think I watched a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> With that, shall we shall we hop into our final yeah. metro? Thank you guys for your honorable mentions. We know it was a little last minute, but we love y'all and we appreciate y'all for uh, you know giving us those lovely things to chat about. And we hope that you're not hungry. We hope that you're eating and well fed. We, we appreciate it so much. And a special special shout out to the person that um, 
<laughs> pitched burnt did it on like our very first episode they were like immediately like miss this one guys uh, yeah which I think <laughs> but is also a really they like out to us which is nice for, uh, we didn't have to like you know that's how we know they're listening yeah, you know we love that yeah exactly uh, we were um, in their spotify wrapped <laughs> shout out to true. everyone that, who that we were in their proof. spotify wrapped it's pretty great though admittedly i think like 70 percent of our listeners listen via apple podcasts so <laughs> Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> Matt, do you want to start us off and introduce your movie for this finale? Yes. Um, Jiro dreams of sushi triumphing over the platform and Good Burger. It arrives in our finale, um, released in 2011, directed by David Gelb. It tells the story of renowned sushi chef Jiro Ono, his sons, his restaurant the whole process of making sushi um, and his dreams of sushi. Uh, This is a documentary that delves into sushi making as an art form and the lengths people will go in pursuit of perfection. Um, Jiro's passion for sushi making is so palpable. Um, We get luscious scenes of um, the raw fish being plated, placed with the rice, sushi rolls being made. It is just uh, such a, such a pleasure. Um, such a fantastic depiction depiction of passion and food. Jake, would you like to introduce Ratatouille? That was so sweet. That was such a sweet little intro. Thank you. I don't know. I just I just felt really comfortable when you said that. That I just wanted to say that. Um, yeah. And on the other side, Big Dick Ratatouille coming at you live. Gonna fuck <laughs> you up. Gonna blast your senses. Stimulate your senses. How to chew five gum. Oh, yeah. It beats some other movies. Doesn't even want to fucking mention those movies because they fucking suck now. It's just Ratatouille here to take you in. Hey, baby. I just landed. I'm here to do it. Directed by Brad Bird, 2007. Jake, that intro ratatouille was so gentle <laughs> it was thank beautiful you. thank you yeah that's it that's my that's my <laughs> intro of that movie you, you guys can talk beautiful. about the plot of it if you want but <laughs> wow. with that um does anyone have something they want to start us off with what do you think uh jiro would do if he saw a rat making sushi honestly great question great question to start this off on <laughs> this uh, this is what i need to know because Equally, if you if you guys remember from our last episode, uh, you know, last week, we said that Jiro would fucking die if he ate Good Burger. <laughs> I don't think he would die eating the food uh, at Gusto's, but I think he might die seeing a rat cook. Hmm. I think that I, I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I, I think Ooh. that Jiro would die upon finding out the food is cooked by a rat. I think that Remy's passion comes through in his cooking as evident by how right. it deeply it affects ego i think jiro it's sort of a game respect game kind of situation he'd be like mm. all right i get it but i upon think learning if he that- saw him doing it before eating it he would be like what the fuck but if he just ate it and then i think he would respect the rat i think it would be game respect yeah. game so yeah um but then upon finding out that remy doesn't have any michelin stars uh, he would die <laughs> upon would eating die. non-Michelin-starred food. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So genuinely, it's very evident. We've talked about it. Ratatouille, anyone can cook. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if Jiro reaches that same conclusion. And it's a very interesting, some, like, I remember, what was the word you used, Matthew? Was it, like, motivational? Uh, aspirational, I think is what I Aspirational, I or, like, I feel like Jiro's, like, if you work hard, like, you your whole life, this is your shit, then maybe you could do what I do, and, like, I'll train you, like, whatever, this is my life. But it doesn't seem like a anyone can do this sort of attitude. So I wonder about the conclusions they make and, and what see like how would Jiro like what what is the I don't know exactly the question I'm making but it's like well I think that anyone can cook I the- think in a very important distinction of of what we're talking about is that the message from Ratatouille is not anyone can cook it's that a good cook can be anyone right which I think does fit very well with Jiro Dreams of Sushi because he was no one before he decided to become a, a sushi mm-hmm. master, you know? Right. Um, so I think it does fit and it does work together. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good distinction. Yeah. I, I, I sent you, that was basically what I was going to say, Alex. So it's terrific. Do you guys think um, Remy would have trouble making sushi because it's uh, tiny or because it's like so, because it, he's tiny? He's got no. tiny, like, because we see him making soup. We see him laying down the little vegetable slices for the ratatouille, but how how he gonna make ball of rice with tiny paw? Mm, I agree, big rat. Ooh, he calling big rat to help. <laughs> calling big rat, <laughs> big rat. Oh, yeah. big muscle rat gonna make sushi for Remy. Oh, what a sentence! What a sentence you just said. You said that sentence. <laughs> Imagine buff rat. Just in the back of Jiro's restaurant, like working as an apprentice <laughs> um, in his little outfit, yeah. making rice all day. That's good. I like that. Wow. You know, taking a break like with the boys, lot. walking outside to, I don't know, smoke a cigarette. Like big rat. Big rat's <laughs> just hanging out. Big rat energy in Jiro's sushi shop. Yeah. I feel like big rat can hang. I don't know if Remy would hang. You know, I don't know if he would. I don't think Remy could make it in, in Jiro's sushi shop. I don't. So Remy's. Remy gets by on his talent, you know, like Mm. how hard does Remy really work? I think Remy's a a very talented chef. I don't know that he's a a hard working chef. He's also very confrontational, uh, like with his like workers. You know, it's he's not very good at working Mm. in a team Mm -hmm. too, too hard. He's pulling hair. He's biting. He's scratching. It was was consensual. It was (laughs) was a consensual (laughs) Um, thing. That actually is a really good transition into a topic of conversation that I wanted to bring up is there's this idea of taking credit. Ratatouille, I think, falls into the trappings that the critics and patrons of Jiro's restaurant fall into. Of mm. Cooking isn't only about the titular chef, but Ratatouille, most of the meals that are prepared by Remy are like, he is the the star of making them. He is really the primary person producing them. He is the one that takes the credit for them. As Jiro so aptly points out, he doesn't actually do all that much with most of the sushi that's made in the restaurant nowadays. 95% of that is actually prepared by his son and the apprentices. And I think that that's a really interesting point to bring up is the, the way that I think Ratatouille kind of f- falls into that pattern that the titular chef becomes the most important figure in the dish, regardless of how much they're actually putting in um, or how they would function in an actual kitchen, you know? Yeah. It falls into the trap of the, the cooking is not the, the final goal, despite whatever anyone says or does the real final goal is the fame and renown Mm -hmm. 
of being a great chef. Whereas for Jiro, it has always and will always be making great sushi. Yeah, yeah which I just think is a, an interesting point. Which is also part of the reason that I think Remy gets so mad at Linguini when Linguini starts to take the credit for it. Um, but I guess he also mm. kind of bossed him around a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. So I just think it's a, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, essentially it's complicated, but it's, it's an interesting observation nonetheless. Mm. I do appreciate the little rundown that Ratatouille does of like the chef and how it works in the kitchen and all that stuff. And I feel like it's a very fun way to introduce those roles. I say like, we sous chef like all the time just because of ratatouille and that's that's just a fun little for me with the suit like that's how i learned chef terms mainly was from ratatouille i wish they would have shown more in jiro his staff besides i know it's like jiro dreams of sushi whatever but like there was one other besides his son there was one other employee that got like a scene where he spoke a little bit they were like out of like a table but then other than that there was one that didn't speak at all and they probably did have recording like it's a documentary they recorded way more things than we yeah. saw so they probably did have things but they didn't like air them or like include them in the documentary yeah. um and i think it's very interesting and I, i'm very curious as to how his whole staff works and their perception of it and their whatever like we see them doing things and that's great but I want to talk to them a little bit more and I want to see what kind of characters they are as people. And I feel like you get such a exciting characterization, even though it's like bit small, you know, it's an animated movie. They're just trying to whatever in Ratatouille. They're very vivid to me. All those, the people in the kitchen. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Responding to kind of both of those pieces. I think one of them, this is something I've, I've always kind of touching on what you said, Jake, well, responding to and then agreeing with. Um, one of the things that is always kind of um, upset me with Ratatouille is they create such a colorful cast of other kitchen staff and then never really employ them to do much of anything. And I just wish we got right. the opportunity mm-hmm. to see more of them. And I get that it ends up being in service of like, oh, but the, the rats can help and call in big rat, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> but I just think it would have been cool to to it, it kind of ties back into some of the ph- uh, some of the philosophy of Ratatouille that these people don't see, you know, Remy is capable in the same way, even after Linguini's like, no, it's the truth. He's doing the cooking. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's such a missed opportunity. But I understand that it's like a pretty tight runtime. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's understandable, but right. it's just like a, a, I wish there was more of it. As for Injiro with his kitchen staff, I agree with you to a certain extent, but I also think there's this element of the action speaks lo- like louder than the words. Um, like I'm sure they right. recorded plenty of interviews with them, but like getting to see the the active part they take in the creation of sushi and even Jiro's own admission that like most of the actual work is being done by them, mm-hmm. like speaks such volumes and it ties back into that whole idea of Jiro's like, you know, they actually do most of the production that goes into making this sushi it's not actually me especially not now but yeah it probably could have benefited from a little bit more hearing from them as well well when it when it comes to like filmmaking it's so interesting because like it's way more artistic than showing not telling like in in uh zero but at the same time with animation i think it's phenomenal when you watch it they're always doing stuff in the background and that it to itself is artistic credit like you can watch them cooking and they do have it it's just in zero it's the focus and a lot of shots mm-hmm. and like it serves the 
plot a little bit more. Like they have those inserts where they're just doing something and like voiceovers happening. Yeah. Uh, but in Ratatouille animation, like you have to, some artist has to create a random person cutting something in the background that almost no one ever sees. And I think they do that really well in Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. And it's still such a rich world. It's just, it's not the whole focus, but it also isn't supposed to be, but it, you know, it, it's just a pro or con of if you enjoy that slash if it's um, yeah, each each movie has a scope that they can achieve um, right. and they fill in their world's details in different ways to suit the, right. the kind of narrative they want to create. Um, right. Yeah. Well, what I think, what I think is really well done though in Ratatouille is this idea of gusto and inheritance and like uh, Linguini being his son and like, Oh, the restaurant will go on. Oh. And then like, to have all of those chefs then see that Remy is the chef and Remy can cook and for all of them to leave, it's like, oh, well, they didn't truly understand or believe in Gusto's messaging of anyone can cook, mm-hmm. you know, like that is the, that was the death of Gusto's, even though the restaurant gets shut down after because of the rats, like them leaving is the death of Gusto because like his restaurant already was dead. Like there was no, Hmm. like it wasn't Gusto's restaurant anymore. In alternate world where Remy has a jaded edge and they kill the other head chef (laughs) and the the, health and safety inspector. (laughs) Does Remy take on the mantle of Gusto, you know, in like a shadow Gusto way? Ooh, in like a cesarean way where he's like, ooh, ooh, uh, Augustus Gusto becomes the new new emperor of Gusto (laughs) restaurant. Do you think evil Remy franchises? Uh, For sure. Because the Roman Empire franchises. Mm. That's what Remy would do in in Shadow Dark. He really did need like a lesson, like a harder lesson of like, you need the consequences to get shut down. I thought that was very cool also of that movie of not making it a happy like, oh, we realize the rats are good and the food's good. They're like, nah, dude, you had rats. We're shutting you down. <laughs> nah, man, you know? rats, rats are still gross. I just had an epiphany as you were talking about that. Ties into the moral agency, moral patient, uh, patiency situation. Hell Remy, yeah. the d- dark Remy is really a morally realized Remy. People have tried to kill him all throughout the movie, treating him as if he is not a moral agent. Now it's time for oh, Remy shit. to turn that back on mankind and be like, you are the moral Ugh. patient. I am the moral yes. agent. So I am justified yes. in killing you. Whew, that'd be good. How exhilarating was it for you to say the words, I am justified in killing you? Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I noticed, um, or, or two things, two, two, two things. I don't know which one to bring up first. I really wanted to go back to kind of I think there was a little bit more to say like Alex made a really great like this was like an epiphany point where you were talking about inheritance in Ratatouille versus inheritance in Jiro and I don't think we fully talked about the comparison I think it's really like such a cool one to talk about you know Gusto and like the familial whatever and then Jiro's kind of forceful almost like but but like you, you know what I mean? I, I want to talk about that more because wow, that's such I didn't an even obvious. Think about inheritance in Jiro. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, it's the... like my son is gonna get this, and the son's like, yeah, no, I I like racing cars or cars, but yeah, I'm gonna do sushi. And it it harkens back yeah. to our conversation about Western ideals versus whatever. But um, I think it's still worth talking about because Remy 
For sure. And Linguini breaks that mold uh, a little bit. And, and at first you're like, oh, I really want this. I want to be part of this. But like, what does it look like? So I guess, I don't know. What does it look like for Jiro and Jiro's son, which I forgot um, Jiro's son's name. I apologize. Um, um, uh, Yoshikazu is his old, elder son. Yoshikazu. Son. Um, yeah. Like, what does it look like him breaking the mold? And especially if, but especially as like he gets older and, you know, things, you know, turn like, what does it look like um, if Jiro eats a good burger, Lord forbid, and, you know, something happens? <laughs> <laughs> so mm. I, I think that a big piece of this conversation is Western, um, you know, versus Eastern tradition. Like it, you can't ignore the kind of societal piece of this question because it's really hard to say. Absolutely. You know, because in some senses, um, Takashi, his younger son, deciding to open his own restaurant rather than continuing to work for Jiro's restaurant may be kind of bucking the mold in his own way. Um, yeah. But I, I'm unfortunately not an expert on Eastern tradition. Right. I do think it poses an interesting question that both of these movies have to deal with inheritance. And I don't think that there's like a, a value judgment to make that one yeah. or the other has like a more One's legitimate better. opinion on the subject. Right. They're just different mm-hmm. because, you know, in some senses, Remy is inheriting the spirit of Gusto's mantra, the, the, the spirit of his cooking, whereas the inheritance going on in Jiro's life um, in Yoshikazu's is much more literal. Like he will one day take over the shop. And that was like a foregone conclusion from the time he was born, basically. Um, Well, but they also go into how like Jiro was harder on Yoshikazu than any of his other apprentices, mm -hmm. you know, Um, because he expects more out of him. But it also lends itself to the emotional weight of, at least for myself, finding out at the end of the film when he's talking about the Michelin reviewers coming and when they gave the three star review, it was actually Yoshikazu that was doing the preparation of the sushi is just like becomes, you know, so much more impactful, like knowing that this is what it was all kind of for admittedly Mm -hmm. without, you know, without Yoshikazu's saying in the subject, but, um, you know, I just think it's a powerful moment. I wonder what, um, Ratatouille would have been like if Gusto was alive for a little bit or like he would have been able to be mentored by him, uh, like in the beginning and then he died. You know, or like starting that mentorship or whatever. I mean, obviously, very different movie. You have less of a comedic. This guy doesn't fucking know what he's doing, but he's learning his whatever. But um, very would interesting. Gusto want his son to be the one to to take yeah. over, or would he want the spiritual right. successor to be it? You know, right? Yeah, it's an, an interesting point. The spiritual successor being Remy, because he's followed around by Gusto's spirit. Yeah, that right. I mean, is nice. his own creation, maybe. And Pixar thinks of everything, those bastards. Another conversation I wanted to have about these two movies is both of them, I think, play heavy into this idea that food is a window into culture. Parisian cuisine is, you know, French cuisine is so heavily steeped in the world that Ratatouille creates. It's at the heart of the film. Um, and then clearly sushi is such a window into the the culture of Japan. And there's so, you know, and so much more of the logistics of both of those things and the, the process of learning, et cetera. How do you, how do you guys feel? You know, what, what do you, do you feel that? Do you feel the window into each culture? Do you think you get a picture of them from these movies? You know, thoughts, reactions. 
Well, I think it's really interesting because I feel like French cuisine and like high quality sushi are two fairly inaccessible uh, like types of food for for a lot of people in America. You know, it's interesting that Remy, we talked about this before. It might have been in the last episode or earlier today. Like Remy's decision to make ratatouille for ego, how it's like a peasant's dish, mm-hmm. like some like simple thing. For me, that really grounds the movie and brings it back that like this food is cultural, but it also isn't just set in these specific ways, I guess. Like it, it is a universal thing despite being cultural, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like because I, I haven't had ratatouille, but if it's a peasant's dish, that means it's not like the like fancy French cuisine that Gusteau's is traditionally known for, mm. right? Versus Jiro's sushi is, you know, like very like the best tuna, the best rice, the best of everything, you know? That's a really interesting point that I hadn't thought about in kind of considering both of their perspectives on the the window into culture idea. Because, yeah, I do think that like high quality. Well, so actually... Um, I do have a little bit more of a thought on that because the movie also, so there, there is this separation. I think there's a spectrum of sushi that Jiro talks about a little bit in the film, you know, people interviewed talk about a little bit of Jiro sushi is clearly unattainable to regular people. It's expensive, but it is also like a perfected mm-hmm. art form. But he also talks about that sushi had its beginnings just being sold at stalls and fish markets. You know, it yeah, is at its true. heart food to be eaten by everyone in their culture which is you know i think the same thing with the the ratatouille of like it's a peasant's dish he remembers it from his childhood but then it can also be a dish of fine dining when prepared when prepared in a perfected way that's a really good point yeah i mean i think accessibility is a huge part of it just for people i think you know ratatouille is really like cool for people because we're like we get to see france and then Jiro as like a documentary is really cool and successful because like we get to see like Japanese like culture and like the um like really embodying it. And obviously I think Jiro does like a better job of showcasing the culture just because like, you know, they are from there. They live there. We're like Bradbird is Bradbird, it's an American studio making Ratatouille. <laughs> You know, yeah, there's a certain part of that. Obviously, I do still think they take care of like, you know, talking about uh, Paris and, you know, France to a certain degree. They obviously do their research. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I I, I do think Giro, like Ratatouille doesn't necessarily make me think about the culture like as as much. It makes me like it romanticizes that place like, you know, movies often do. They romanticize the art of like, you know, cooking in like Paris and like looking at the Eiffel Tower. But I think with Jiro, it made me like ponder things more and like it was beautiful in a lot of other ways. Um, both these movies, no doubt, food is art, whatever. Um, they're both really good. Like I really, really enjoy them. I find it for just Jiro has this inherent sadness sprinkled all through over it. And it's not just like with Jiro. There's like, you remember that random dude? They went up to and we were just talking about him and they asked, how are you? And he's like, I'm not good. Like, I'm really <laughs> like not good, like randomly in the market. Yeah. And he was, he just straight up like, you know, someone passing by, if you just know them casually, you're like, oh, how are you? Usually they're like, good, good, good. What's up? He's like, I'm not good. I don't know what's going on. 
I've lost all drive. I'm thinking about <laughs> retiring. And then he's like, oh, well, I hope you get better soon, I guess. Like, like, and it shit like that, you know, all of his sly comments that he has were, uh, oh, what, what was the line? It was, um, uh, my boy literally went, like, they were talking about something. I don't remember exactly the context. And then he's like, Haha, and then you get depressed and then immediately stop laughing. And like, <laughs> there's so much sadness sprinkled all over Jiro. And I let, like, you know, sadness is like, like it, it was important to showcase all this stuff. And I still think it was beautiful, not the sadness, not romanticizing sadness, but like beautiful showcasing emotions in their own right. But like, you know, Ratatouille, there isn't that sadness and it's an overall like positive like vibe movie and it makes me like feel good. But Jiro makes me feel reflective. And I just think it's so interesting. Like so many of my notes for Jiro, their random parts were like, are they okay? Are they like doing all right? I just thought that was interesting and worth like noting as as a, another key like difference between these two, where it was like there's a lot of sadness and like the, again, not a not a knock per se, but like definitely like a what's going on, man? Yeah, I I for sure feel that it feels very real. It it there's this kind of weird sadness that they have of like Jiro is a master of sushi. He he is probably the best in the world. But it's also this like weird, sad note of like he spent his whole life doing it like this is his life. And it like does a very interesting job of showing the like the mastery he's achieved, but also the things he's missed and like the weird the the loss that he's had due to his hyper focus and the way that the world has like changed around him. And like he he built up his mastery, like working with this tuna salesman and like this uh, this specific rice that they have and like the way that that has changed um, as he's gotten older and older. It's interesting. I think that there's like a really beautiful kind of melancholy to that sadness, though, Mm. Mm. at least in my opinion. I think that there's this almost ironic situation of like Jiro's very well aware of his own mortality and that his life despite all you know in you know because of all the sacrifices he's made has been so dedicated to Super, yeah. making sushi that there's like almost this view of death as an inconvenience that <laughs> the one thing that is going to stop me from making sushi every single day <laughs> the one inconvenience will be when I eventually die and he you know that is certainly like a sad like thought but then there's this kind of pensive nature to it of that is why because the creation of sushi is something he holds so close at heart that he has been so hard on yoshikazu and has you know made sacrifices in his family life it's all in pursuit of this the the one end all be all of his very being i yeah I think it's an interesting observation. There is definitely like a, a bit of an aura of sadness to to Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Um, but I think it's a little more melancholic. Yeah, I think sad. it just like took me. Yeah, I think it just took me like way back when like I kind of really liked how like randomly at the Farmer's Market he talked about it. Dude just said, yeah. And he was like, well, I genuinely hope you get better and all this stuff. And then they moved about their day. There was something just really honest about an interaction between like just people who see each other on a consistent enough basis, but also not like directly in each other's lives, obviously. And like, I don't know, it was just really like cool and like worth noting that I really want to, there was something that happened earlier in the episode where it was more of a direct thing, but we got Ooga Boo good. Mm. Uh, and so eh, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But like, I just thought yeah. 
I bring 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 it up because I think it's very interesting. Um, very difficult vote. Great finale. We some very um, good we movies. We picked some good movies, guys. I'm proud of us. Um, would anyone like to start the vote? If not, I I think I can go for it. I've talked several times now about how I think the ending of Ratatouille is possibly the one of my favorite endings uh, uh, in all of movies. With all that said, that is what I look for in Ratatouille. I think I enjoyed Jiro Dreams of Sushi throughout a little bit more, and it gives you kind of that good ending with the stuff about uh, Yoshikazu and like his work and how he's the one who really got the Michelin stars and all that um, as like a surprise twist at the end a little bit. And so I think... I am going to vote for Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Very, very difficult. I think... <laughs> you know what it boils down to? I could pick this one way or the other. I could go with, like, you know, movie or artistic or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this is the hungry bracket. <laughs> and I'm hungry because I didn't eat. And what do I want to eat more right now? Is sushi. So I'm picking there Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And... I, at the very beginning of this bracket, controversially set my expectations that this is a, a, a bracket about cooking, um, about the, the artistry involved in that. So, And that's why he's know. voting for The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always my vote. That's, you know, best movie in every category, every theme. I've, I've said it before. I will continue to say it. I think Jiro's passion for the craft and the artistry involved in cooking is so palpable. Um, so I'm going to vote for Jiro Dreams of Sushi. There we go. A unanimous finale. The winner of our hungry bracket, the winner of our food bracket, cooking bracket, whatever you did want to call it. We decided on hungry um, is Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Wow. Yeah. And guys, really support indie filmmakers. Watch Ratatouille. <laughs> um, Honestly, you know, <laughs> watch it, all the movies it's... in this bracket. They're pretty good. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you like what you heard, rate us on social medias and uh, the podcast platforms, because that helps, I guess, somehow. Algorithms. Algorithms and math. Talk about us on your computer. Uh, talk about us to your computer so that your, your computer and your FBI agent listening to you hears you talk about it and they're like, maybe that FBI agent <laughs> will then mm-hmm. decide to to uh, listen to our podcast. Tell your local FBI agent to listen to the Tough Cup podcast. And talk about us on your computer by tweeting at us, following us on social media at Tough Cup Pod. Interact with us because we're real people, I think. That's what someone told me. Might be highly advanced no. AI. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. That's Sometimes cute. I feel like it. Just a gentle little AI boy. Because vibes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> vibes, baby. Much love, yeah. y'all. Take care. Go eat. You too, This Jake. is your sign to go yeah, eat. Jake, go, what, Jake, what are you going to have? Anyone want to order me sushi here? I want sushi. Does anyone want to like Venmo me for sushi? Will a, you know what? When this episode comes out, maybe you'll get Venmo for sushi. I'm kidding. Yeah, Jake, um, what's your Venmo? Did you, didn't you already beg for money on an episode? <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't that already happened once before? Uh, I'm not begging directly for money for something else. I, you know, it's going for food. You know, it's for sushi. So I feel like that's okay. Here, how about this? If you want to genuinely Venmo me for sushi, uh, DM us can on you um, <laughs> DM us? DM uh, us on Twitter, Instagram, and I'll, I, I will pod, personally give um, you my because Venmo. Because we've now put that, that as a social media request, it's where anything we say goes to die. <laughs> uh, 
Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. We hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Because we yeah. love doing it. Stay safe. <laughs> I love our outros. We're uh, really we good had at a phase them. where we we had a consistent <laughs> outro and we stopped because I don't know, man. Because vibes. Go eat. Go eat. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Go. Bye. Bye.